welcome to our midweek bonus episode of Exploit It, where we talk about an episode of Tales from the Crypt. I'm Alexis Strowski. And uh, my inner voice is constantly screaming like Sam Kennison, too. I don't, don't know what that is. Oh, mine's more like Fran Drescher. Ooh. I think I'll take Sam Kennison. I'm Kevin Daly. And this week we're talking about Season 2, Episode 8, for crying out loud. It's directed by Jeffrey Price, who also directed Nothing Else Ever. This is the only thing he ever directed. Well, he did a good job. It's yeah. a shame. Um, he was a writer. Him and his buddy Peter Stewart Seaman, who also co-wrote this episode with him, they did uh-huh. a bunch of screenplays together. They co-wrote Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Great movie. And Doc Hollywood. It's also a very good movie. Shrek the Third. That's uh, that is one of the movies of all time. Then they earned a Razzie nomination for How the Grinch Stole Christmas in two thousand. <laughs> I didn't even know that movie had a script. I just figured that they just like, okay, Jim Carrey, do whatever the fuck you want. Count my money over here. <laughs> and then they actually won the Razzie for worst screenplay for Wild Wild West. Man, we discussed this. Wild Wild West. That's unfair. That's an unfairly maligned movie. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about it today that the Razzies, they only go to the things that are popular to hate. That's true. Yeah. Um, we did Wild Wild West, episode 67.5. It's a fun movie. So this episode is starring Lee Ehrenberg as Marty Slash. Oh, I love him. In the- it's so good in this. Yeah. Um, Alum from the show. Yes, he was the dwarf Elwood in Dungeons and Dragons, which we did way back at episode 21. It was a birthday pick of mine. He was also in Waterworld. As some character named Jeng. Fucked if I remember who yeah, that I don't remember. Was. I saw twice on the show, then. Yeah, and he was also one of Barbosa's crew in Pirates, a character named Pintel. Yeah, he's one of the two main, like, they're the uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO, the Pirates. Well, he was- you, you have the dude with the, the eye, and then his the, he plays the companion. Pintel's the companion. Yep. Okay. Uh, and he was grumpy on the Once Upon a Time TV series that my wife watched. Ah, yeah. So he's a pretty good actor. Yeah, he's been he he's he's done work. That's for sure. Um, his conscious is voiced by the late Cam- Sam Kinison. Yep. Who's known as being like an angry shouting comedian. Yeah, that's pretty much what he does here. Yep. Well, then we also have Katie Siegel as Mrs. Kielbasa. Miss <laughs> Kielbasa. I love you, baby. She's from your favorite show, Futurama. Yes, and Married Children, another show I'm very fond of. Yep. We have Iggy Pop himself making a cameo. Yeah. Unfortunately, he doesn't perform my favorite Iggy Pop song, which is The no. Passenger. <laughs> yeah, that's, my, that, that's mine too, actually. Yeah. Music in this episode is done by Michael Rubini. Uh, he was okay. a professional classic pianist. He performed a lot with different pop groups like Sonny and Cher, The Righteous Brothers, Loggins and Messina. Uh-huh. He did the soundtrack to Tony Scott's The Hunger, Michael Mann's Manhunter, and <laughs> Paul Michael Glasser's Band of the Hand. Now, this was originally in Shock Suspense Stories number 15 from June 1954. Um which is interesting. You know what I was finding out? Because I always go to, like, collector sites to find out more about the issue. Yeah. These things are fucking valuable. Are they? Yeah, this particular comic, the prices range from 1500 to $3,000. Although there was a 1992 reproduction that goes for, like, a couple hundred. Still, though, reproduction goes for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. So this starts with the Crypt Keeper with his best blonde hair metal wig. 
<laughs> yeah. I kind of like it. It's a good look. Yeah, well, it ties into the episode better than any of his other bits does. True. Yeah, and he's like, I always wanted to play guitar, but couldn't master the fingering. <laughs> Indeed. Yep, and then he's like, tonight's little riff is rife with sex, death, and rock and roll. And oh, we get his, you know, alliteration here when he says you'll meet a putrefying promoter of pop. Iggy Pop. Oh, yes. <laughs> In this case. And so the episode starts, it almost starts like the man who was death, with yeah. a walk to the electric chair. I'm like, man, okay, this is different than I thought. And then he's just fucking screaming down the hallway. Marty okay. Slash comes running out. He's like, let's fucking go! <laughs> it's like, man, all right. Straps himself into the chair. I'm he's like, man. He is rambling nonsense. And there's, like, fucking circus music playing. It's like, this this one's going to have a different vibe than the, uh, the lap has couple. Yeah, and he's <laughs> like, pull the switch, shoot me the juice, fry me! And they do. And he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting episode, but brief. So next week, we're... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, we, we focus on his ear, and we fade to his ear two years earlier. And the doctor's looking at it, because he has some... He believes he has a hearing problem. Yeah. He's hearing, like, muffled voices screaming at him. And the doctor's like, well, that's because you've been around rock music your whole life, being exposed to these decibels. Here, take these earplugs and all these eardrops and swabs and everything. And he's like, the sooner you get out of rock and roll, the better. And he's like, would tonight be soon enough? <laughs> yeah, he's got plans. He's got plans, but these plans include this benefit concert, this Save the Amazon concert with Iggy Pop. And so they do their set. And Iggy Pop's like, yeah, save the rainforest. Thank you to the promoter, Marty Slash. And it's really weird here because uh, Marty brings out to the stage this Chief Komudi. Yeah. Some dude from the Amazon tribe. That's uh, like, yes. Uh, uh, yes, and not at all sus. Holding a big spear, wearing a headdress and everything. And Marty's like, here's a big check for one million dollars. Comically large check. Yeah, so many racist red flags going off here. Especially once they go off stage and Chief Kamudi is just some guy named Sid. Yep, he's just playing the part because, well, for a number of reasons. Yep, and then the show resumes, Iggy Pop's performing, Marty goes up to his office, and he's like, the money's going where we need it, alright? The Marty Slash Retirement Fund! I mean, as soon as you said, the money is going to go right where it's needed, I'm like, yeah, in directly into your pocket? Yep. And that's when his conscience speaks up and is like, don't touch the money, Marty. And we learned that this conscience has been trying to get through to him for 38 years. It turns out uh, if Sam Kennison is your conscience, you're in deep shit. The, the conscience is like, I've been dropping the ball lately, but we, we, we got to talk. <laughs> yep. He's like, you let a kid get away with gluing a dog's eyes closed. The next thing you know, he's stealing a million dollars from charity, which as dark as that is, I liked that line. Yeah. And he keeps trying to take the money. His conscience is like, no, that's a felony. You'll go to prison. Then we get really bad 90s prison rape joke. Yep. He's like, I know you have ambitions, Marty, but I don't think that includes being gang raped by the entire Aryan Nation's weightlifting club. I mean, not impossible, though. Yeah. I, I still just sighed quite loud at that joke. Just, ah. Uh. It's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And um, what I liked here is because the, the thing's like, you're throwing your life away. He's like, life? What life? You mean being a gopher for people that are famous because they can play three chords on a guitar? Which, that led what? me down a rabbit hole. <laughs> that one uh, that one line, though, it gives you a lot of insight to this guy's, like, he's at the edge of his own rope. Like, it's not just 
like he's oh I'm just gonna embezzle all this fucking money. It's like he's done being you know treated like shit by random rock stars. Oh, he goes on a whole monologue about it. Like, Me being a goddamn gopher for a bunch of drooling morons just because they can play three chords on a guitar, Marty. Marty, these these groupies are too ugly, Marty. Oh, Marty. This chicken isn't extra crispy enough, Marty. Marty, we told you we don't like red ones in the M&M bowl, Marty. For 12 years, it's been Marty this and Marty that, and I got nothing to show for it. That is until now. It, it rounds out this rather selfish character, but it frames him in such a way that's like, well, like the good episodes of the show do, where you go, you know what? I kind of feel for this guy a little bit. Yeah. Um, we, we see a police officer looking out for him. Like, like where's Marty? And uh, the conscience is like, something bad's going to happen, and there's a knock on the door, but it's not the cop. No. It's Katie Siegel in some sort of black fright wig showing off her cleavage and trying to seduce him. Doesn't it look bad. Doesn't look bad at all, even though the conscience is like, this is sus, Marty. What is this I mean, ho- the conscience is totally right. <laughs> what does this hot woman want with a toad like you? You're like three feet tall, Marty. And then I do like where she pulls out the little tiny rubber thimble. Yeah. And they make the conscience is like, she doesn't have a high opinion of you. Nope. <laughs> like, like, it's this tiny-ass condom. But no, she re- removes the wig and reveals herself as his banker, Miss Kielbasa. Real stupid name. I don't know yeah. why they came up with this name. He doesn't recognize her because she's actually looking sexy. She's not dressed for work as a banker. Right. Miss Kielbasa. You look so different. <laughs> Well, they don't exactly encourage us to dress this way at work. You never did notice me, did you, Marty? But I noticed you. I noticed how you withdrew all the Save the Amazon money today. In cash. Well, schmuck, can't say I didn't warn you. Won't those bleeding hearts be surprised when that check for a million dollars bounces tomorrow morning? Where are you running away to, Marty? Nowhere. Lisbon, Portugal. Good choice. Extradition's difficult. The Escudo is holding up well against the dollar. Oh, and Marty, speaking of dollars, where's the money? And so she's asking for half of this money. Yeah, she's extorting him for half the money. Yeah. So he gives her half, and the conscious is like, dumbass. <laughs> Which was like, wait, I thought you wanted him to not do this, and now you're chiding him for sharing the money? Well, I think he wants him to keep all of it and give it back. Yeah, that's what the conscience does. The conscience wants him to not steal this money right. at all. And, and, and not steal half of it and give it to his yeah. banker either. And then he decides to kill her with an axe. But in this case, it is a, a figurative axe. Yes, it's a guitar. And I like when he in a phenomenal fucking shot. Yeah, he's like, you know who gave me this guitar? Pete Townsend, and he smashes it on her head. In time, but like you get his shadow like doing it, like along with Iggy Pop doing Iggy Pop things, and yeah. it's just a really cool, cool scene. Then he hides her in a drum case, and his conscience well, is just tearing him a new one about it. Yeah, and police show up with a roadie, and the roadie's like, "Sounded like you were killing someone." <laughs> yeah, how about that? The cop is there because it's like, we've had noise complaints from your neighbors. And I'm like, really? This- yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's like, um, your neighbors live next door to a rock venue. How yeah. can you complain about noise? And so the cop's like, you gotta turn it down, you gotta turn down the music. And he's like, okay, I killed my banker. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And then he, he backpedals, he says that by accident. And um, the conscience, like, forces the earplug to shoot out of his ear, and it hits the cop in the head. Yeah, because he wants to ricochet it onto the, uh, the drum case. Yeah, which we see the drum case belongs to Donny Osmond. And they're like, we should give this back to Donny Osmond. And I'm like, man, that shows up at Donny's door, and it's just a fucking corpse. <laughs> yeah, and the cop is like, Donny Osmond, him I'd like. And I'm like, yeah, sure. The black cop in central LA is a Donny Osmond fan. Whatever. <laughs> the Mormon. <laughs> yeah. The fucking, I'm a little bit country. I'm a little yeah. bit rock and roll. And then his conscience just starts screaming madness, just, just to irritate Marty. And Marty's doing everything he can to drown it out. He is pouring alcohol in his ears. He's stabbing swabs in his head, you know. It, it, the, sand, the, the conscience starts sounding a lot like Sam Kennison all of a sudden. Just doing yeah. His- Thing that he's so famous for. He gets the money and he's like, All I have to do is walk down these stairs and into my limo. Who's gonna stop me? And the conscience is like, I am motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And it's a torturous walk for Marty. It's it's hard on him. He stops to use the, the bathroom and the conscience is just screaming, like, Hey monkey dick, I killed my banker. Yeah. And people are just, like, looking at him and running away. And, like, he goes up to a woman and the conscience screams, Tell the cop I stuffed this bitch in Donny Osmond's drum case! <laughs> and it's like, everyone can hear his conscience. Everyone's, like, scared of him and, like, looking at him yeah. weird. Yep. And he's like, well, I'm gonna drown out the conscience by turning the music all the way up! Which the cop does not like. No. <laughs> and Marty, for some reason, decides to just stumble up onto the stage into the wings and he's smashing his head against the wall. And his conscience is just shouting at him to confess. And um, so he finally does. He just starts confessing. He just goes up on stage and he's like, I killed my banker. I didn't mean to. I was just trying to steal all the Amazon money. No, I smashed her head. Yeah, you understand that. <laughs> and his conscience is like, great, Marty. Doesn't that feel better? Oh, hey, what's that in your ear, by the way? Yep. And then we realize he's got this big fucking swab sticking out of his ear and his ears are just <laughs> bleeding everywhere. And the conscience is like, hey. Do you suppose that's why everyone was looking at you and that they never really could hear me? <laughs> and that if you just kept your mouth shut, you would have gotten away with it? And I'm like, oh, that's clever. And the way the conscious is just like giving him shit about that. Yep. Like, I planned this, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And then two years later, his conscious is telling him bad jokes and just, just driving him crazy. He can't even eat his last meal. Yeah. So you figure out why he's in such a hurry to run. <laughs> Yeah, because they come to take him, and he's like, Ah, oh, is it time? It's time. Let's go. Let's do this. And that's how it ends. <laughs> yep. And then the Crypt Keeper's like, Oh, hey, Marty was right about the noise. He probably wished he was deaf, but he got death. <laughs> I put boo, boo. <laughs> if I could have added a gift to my notes, it would have been the boo this man. <laughs> Incidentally, Martha always pronounced death as death. Yeah. She'd be like, that person is deaf. I'm like, no, it's just a woman who can't hear. My my dad's partner in the law office uh, has that um, habit. So this episode, you know, it's um, takes place in 1990, and it's using the music of 1990 to tell its story. And I got to thinking, like, well, what would have this looked like in 1953? What, what, what were the big pop acts in 1953? Like Little Richard and Chuck oh. Berry? The biggest selling single in 1953? How much is that doggy in the window by Patti Page? How much is that doggy in the window? <laughs> the one with the waggly tail. 
doggy in the window. I do hope that doggy is for sale. What the? Yeah. Okay. Along with That's Amore by Dean Martin. Oh. Yeah, but that sounds you, so bad, though. I like you, Dean Martin, but that song's bad. Can you imagine this story with, with that music? With how much is the doggy in the window? And Dean Martin references? Well, I, Dean Martin, see, I think you could do it with Dean Martin, have a Dean Martin performance, because he, you know, he's part of the Rat Pack, right? They had, like, mob ties, allegedly, so. Yeah. I think you could do it with, like, Rat Pack guys, Sinatra, Dean Martin, or something. I think you could make that swing. Well, I read a PDF of the original comic. Mm-hmm. So in the original story, Marty is just some rich guy. Okay. He's a rich guy, and he goes out to a bar, and he meets a girl named Millie Benson, who just flirts him up at the bar, and... So they, they're they headed to his place, and Millie's like, oh, by the way, I know that you're rich because you embezzled all of your money, and if you give me okay. $40,000, I'll keep my mouth shut. So he strangles her and just leaves her for dead in the alley. Okay. And his conscience just gives him shit and gives him shit until he's just, like, screaming in the street, like, I killed this woman and just left her in an alley! Doesn't Same have story, to- but in a different context. Yep. Which got me I, thinking, since I- I like I, what they did with the show. Yeah, the show's great. But yeah, they did, uh, they did the adaptation, yeah. Now that I know I can look up the original comic and compare, like, why haven't we been doing that? Yeah, I didn't even know that was an option. Yeah, well, the site I went to was very, um, lots of pop-ups. Oh. Yeah, so it's like watching one, one through of one of them shitty sites. It's still worth it. So where do you put this with coffee? Um, I don't even, it's just good. Like, good quality morning coffee. It's a, it's, a, it's the coffee you have after you've had a couple of days of real shit coffee. Yeah. Really bitter, harsh, just depressing coffee. And then you just wake up the next day and suddenly it's like, oh, hey, this is actually pretty fucking good. I like, this is the- delicious and bright and brightens up your whole day. Like, you've spent the whole night at a rock show and need the coffee to, to get to work and you get good yeah. coffee. Yep. Yeah, so that's this episode. Uh, this weekend, our we're doing Sam as our theme for the show. Sam! Sam! Uh, join us for our... Uh, our watch party this week, Thursday, at the Discord channel, the Discord server, where we're going to watch Possession. Ooh, that'll be fun for everybody. Yes, it'll be a great fun. It's a, it's a nice movie about a healthy marriage. It's Very a- coherent and yeah. not at all symbolic or anything. Nice romance film. And no flesh monsters. Not no. A single- <laughs> but yeah, so... Catch the watch party for Possession on Thursday, and then catch our episode when it airs Saturday. Catch you then. Good night.